0: Hello and welcome back to the West Bank Bible Church Podcast, Dave and Pastor Merrick. Today we will be on Lesson 14 in Daniel, if you're following along in the outline. But before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember First John 1, 9, as may or may not be necessary.
1: Father, thank you for the privilege of having First John 1, uh, in which we can name our sin back to you and thus be filled with the Spirit and taught. So thank you. In Jesus' name I pray.
0: Amen. Last week we finished up on Daniel chapter two verse twelve, and today we'll be on chat, on lesson fourteen, and we're going to start actually at the top of page two with Daniel two thirteen, but I'd be remiss if I didn't say thank you for all the prayers and words of support. Uh, Leslie has come through her uh, procedure with flying colors; she is clear and free. We are moving forward, so thank you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Verse 13 in the KJV, and the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. In the NIV it reads, so the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and the men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. Nebuchadnezzar's slow burn, finally exploded. His irrationality shows in his decree, not only will he rid himself of the wise men who met with him, but all the wise men of Babylon. The entire State Department is to be eliminated. This is the perfect example of the innocent suffering with the guilty. While Daniel and his three friends Had only recently entered the service of the king, they too were to be executed. Yet Daniel and his four companions had not even been in the meeting with the king. When when panic-stricken, it is difficult to think. This man (coughs) has just seen four smart boys from Judah, one with the gift of prophecy, and yet his anxiety will not let him think straight. This edict, however, regardless of how ill-thought, will provide opportunity for the Lord to show his favor to Daniel and his friends. As we studied in his early life, Daniel learned doctrine in the palace of Josiah, and then as time progressed, he consistently applied resonant doctrine to circumstances. The doctrine cycled in his soul, strengthened his backbone, and provided the stability of mind necessary to become God's man for the crisis. Doctrine, suffering, and pressure, in that order, had equipped the youngster so that he could face the ultimate crisis with a calm, cool, and collected manner. Now let's go to verse 14 and 15 with chapter Merit, chapter Merit. How about Pastor Merritt? Okay.
1: I'll answer to anything, David. All right, here we go. Daniel chapter 2. KJV verse 14. Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. Alright, I'm going to read verse 14 in the NIV. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and Tact. He answered and said to Arioch the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. He asked the king's officer, Why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. The scripture Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom is the key and turning point in this chapter. Daniel did not panic. He kept his cool and used the wisdom of God. And of course that the wisdom that God himself had given Daniel we could say from a categorical analysis, counsel is advice based on doctrine, and wisdom is the application of doctrine to experience. It is God's plan for every believer to move from nothing at the moment of salvation to maximum maturity in time. This advance to maturity is accomplished by the gap process. And you'll remember what gap is. We did a categorical study of it. That's how each believer follows the protocol plan of God for his dispensation. Dispensation. For us of the church age, this means we find our right pastor teacher and attend under the filling of the Spirit, attendance of course being most likely in a local church. The final state of maturity immediately proceeds death and hopefully results in In the manifestation of dying grace, we could also say, excuse me, this we could also say is the ultimate in temporal, that is time, sanctification characterized by the following. Maximum blessing in time, maximum pressure in time, maximum maximum occupation with Christ, maximum capacity for life, maximum blessing in dying, maximum blessing in eternity. All right, David. How about you taking over here?
0: All right. Daniel is somewhere on this progress line. He is in the midst of the battle and in command of his faculties. Daniel is able to think because he has accepted Christ as his Savior. He regularly uses rebound. He has attended Bible class regularly. He has submitted himself to his authorities in two places. He has a relaxed mental attitude. He knows the Lord, and the Lord alone protects him. He is consistent in thought and action. Daniel refused to panic. He knew that as long as God had a purpose and a plan for his life, he'd live. On the other hand, Daniel seemed to know that if God did not have something else for him to do, then nothing could keep him from on this earth. Daniel is depending on God for his protection. A cool head is important in every crisis, especially when it's about to be severed. Arioch is the king's executioner. A man as cold as his blade. He has his orders. And from all indication, he has left the palace and is on his way to find each member of the State Department who at this time are probably under palace arrest. We have here an early recreation, a recreation of the Night of the Long Knives. Arioch was Nebuchadnezzar's man of the hour, and Daniel is God's man of the hour. they just a boy. Arioch, along with his guard unit, is moving through the palace halls when they are soon confronted by a man of doctrine. A man, recall, who was well respected by the Meltzar and Ashpenaz. Remember from our prior studies, it was God who put this respect and love for Daniel in the heart of Ashpenaz. Just as Daniel prepared the way for Ashpenaz, no doubt he is preparing the way for Arioch. Daniel is lucid, calm, cool, and collected. He will step forward into the hall, meet the executioner, and say, "Good evening, Mr. Arioch. I see you are on a service mission." or serious mission. Keep in mind, all the other members of the king's staff are no doubt cowering in their plush palace apartments. God motivated Daniel to step boldly forward with a plan. How much Daniel knew at this point is difficult to know. You know, they say that a good offense is the best defense, and that's what Daniel is executing right now.
1: Yes, sir.
0: Given verse 15 and the question, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? I think we can conclude Daniel at least knew of the decree, but maybe not the detail behind that decree. His plan, as we will see later, is simple. What's the rush, says Daniel. Let me talk with the king. From verse 15, we have also learned several interesting facts hinted about earlier, but now no Confirmed. Neither Daniel nor his friends had been invited to the meeting. Daniel had to ask of Arioch the executioner what was going on. Arioch is kind enough to level with Daniel. Daniel, though, he has no answer to the king's dilemma. Knows someone who does. Keep in mind, the wise men of the land had asked for more time and the king had refused. Daniel will be in the next verse, ask for more time, and Nebuchadnezzar will grant his request. All right,
1: let's take a look at verse 16, first in the KJV. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation NIV. At this, Daniel went in to the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Now, let's see what principles we can learn from verse 16. No one ever visited the king's quarters without his permission. Daniel had to go through the proper channels to get his audience. As we will later see, there is the possibility he may not have gotten a personal audience. Recall from our study of Esther, she risked her life by entering her husband's throne. throne room excuse me in order to plead the case of her people earlier the king announced all wise men will be killed he could not retract his pronouncement after all a Middle Eastern potentate could make no mistake Therefore, his pronouncements were intractable. We should take note of Daniel's attitude of faith. Not for a moment did he doubt God's ability to provide the answer to the dream. This kind of confidence, as we have noted, can only come from a mind full of Bible doctrine. He was prepared. He had doctrine resident in his soul. Daniel is our example. We must take in the word consistently under the filling of the Spirit so we also can demonstrate in the angelic conflict that even in a fallen state, we can choose God's way over Satan's way because Daniel is occupied with Christ he moves forward even though he does not know the answer he does know that his future does rest in God's hands through proper excuse me through proper channels he sent word to the king that if given time God would show him not only the dream, but also the interpretation of the dream. From the scripture, we can not be sure Daniel actually made a personal visit to the king. There is the possibility he simply saw his chief of staff, who in turn conveyed his request. All we really know is that Daniel received permission to tell the king his dream and his, that is Daniel's, interpretation. If I might be permitted a bit of conjecture, it is possible that after the king cooled down and after hearing of Daniel's request, Whether in person or through official channels, he may have remembered the earlier examination when he observed that Daniel was ten times wiser than all his staffed
0: diviners. It's getting intense. It is getting intense. If there's anyone out there without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, please believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Come back and visit us next month, or next week, and next year. Pastor Merritt, could you close us in a prayer?
1: Father, we're grateful for the privilege of studying about Daniel and his many problems and successes, as we're going to see. He was a man of courage, he was a man of faith, and he was a man who believed in the Messiah to come and the many wonderful blessings that would be bestowed by uh, God's resident representatives In a pagan land. All right, David.
0: It's all yours. All righty. Until next time. So long.